0: I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the healing properties of red banded agate. So this is a stone that I think kind of gets overlooked, right? Agate is considered a little bit mundane or run of the mill, but when you really start to dig into the world of agates, it's super exciting just to see the variety and beauty that you can find in these crystals. But before we get started with that, I want to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Terry Parrish and Terry actually has a couple different little questions here, but Terry says, I have sand dollars, seashells, and coral along with a starfish. I'm a cancer birth sign, and I love all the things from the ocean. Is it okay to use these items in my crystal grids? Terry, this is a great question. And absolutely, I love bringing in energies from seashells and herbs and feathers and other parts of the natural world as long as they support the intention and purpose of your grid. So particularly if you were doing a grid for your birth sign, for your cancer birth sign, that would go, of course, for any of the water signs. You could incorporate seashells. You could also use these in a grid for ocean healing, healing the waters of mother earth, or really anything else that made you feel kind of connected to these different elements from the ocean. So if you wanted to just connect with the element of water in general and take on Uh, Some of those qualities and attributes that water has like stimulating intuition and helping balance the emotions and facilitate release of things that no longer serve you or promote cleansing. All of these things are connected to water. And so it would make sense to incorporate some of those extra representations into your crystal grids as well. So great question. And uh, there were a couple other little questions here with um, Terry's submission. Terry also asks, are there any crystals I should stay away from? This is a great question. Really the only crystals um, that are really harmful or dangerous, there are a couple different ones, right? So there are toxic crystals, which sometimes can cause problems just from handling them. So some crystals are toxic only if you were to breathe in their dust or Ingest them like if they went into your mouth and you ate particles of them or licked them or something like that, um, or made elixirs or essences with them. But other crystals are toxic also just to handle. And so you do need to do your research. Mindat.org, so like short for mineraldata.org, is a great place to look up the chemical formula of each different crystal and see if it contains any toxic elements. We also have a great blog post on our website. So if you go to loveandlightschool.com and you search the blog for how to create crystal elixirs safely, there's actually some step-by-step instructions on safely creating elixirs. And then there's also a crystal caution list there. So it's not a hundred percent complete but it's quite inclusive and it will tell you if their different crystals contain toxic elements, if they're dangerous to breathe, if they're dangerous to handle. Um, But remember, this isn't always the end-all be-all. You need to do your research still and check various sources about handling your crystals or using them in elixir preparations, that kind of thing. So in terms of crystals to stay away from, you might want to consider some of those toxic minerals and then also radioactive minerals. You never, ever want to work with radioactive minerals. And believe it or not, they are sold in some rock shops. Um, So you do need to use a little bit of caution. Typically they're labeled, but not always. I've also been to rock shows like gem and rock shows where people were selling radioactive material. So this is not something that um, I would recommend working with. And then in terms of other things to stay away from that are maybe more personal preference, I don't work with any crystals that have been dyed or crystals that have been stabilized or um, altered that way. I do work with heat-treated stones personally. I don't mind that so much, but I don't work with artificially irradiated crystals. That's a little bit different, and sometimes those irradiated crystals are called heated even though it wasn't just a heating process that uh, they, they underwent. So those are some things that you probably want to look out for in terms of crystals to stay away from. Um, But I hope that helps answer your question, Terry. That was just a a great uh, set of questions. And you had one final question. Um, How do you tell the difference between the Love and Light team and others that are in the groups? On Facebook, we have a public community group called the Crystal Lovers Community where people can post, you know, little crystal show and tell, get identification, ask crystal questions, and that's a public group open to anyone. And then we have our private student community group as well. And so the way that you can tell is actually under um, each administrator's name, when they post something or answer questions, you'll see there's like a little gray kind of badge and a little thing that says admin. Uh, You can also navigate to the group's members page and see the different people who are administrators of the group. Um, And Terry says, I just like to know this because I really... Trust that you guys have the correct answers to all the questions posted there. So um, yes, I thank you so much for that. And that's kind of how you tell in those Facebook groups. And if you're not a member of that public Facebook group, our Crystal Lovers community, I think there are over 6,000 people in that group now, and it's so much fun. Uh, we really have a good time over there. So definitely feel free to request to join that group and pop in and post your Crystal questions. And in the meantime, if you have some questions that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business right here on the podcast, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com ask. Now it's time to dive into our main topic for today. We're talking about the healing properties of red banded agate, which is a crystal for creative flow. So as you know, I always like to start these healing properties episodes with a message from the crystal. And here's the message and affirmation that came through from red banded agate. I go with the flow and am easily able to tap into the limitless energy of my creativity. This is a stone for helping you really get into that creative flow and express yourself in a creative way. But this crystal has some other really great properties as well. It helps promote physical grounding. It also enhances your connection to the physical realm. And this is really all things in the physical realm. It's about being in your body. So this is kind of root chakra things, right? It relates to your career, to your family life, to your physical health. But it's also about that connection to nature and the physical realm around you. It can also help you draw in what you need from the limitless universal energy that surrounds you. Sometimes we just feel overwhelmed or exhausted and we forget that the universe has this limitless energy that is here to support us and nourish us. So red banded agate helps you draw this into yourself so that you can call upon that energy when you need it most. It also reduces negativity. This can be negative thinking that comes from yourself or from others, as well as just negative energy in your space. It also helps you appreciate your sense of humor. Sometimes we get a little bit caught up in being really serious and we neglect our sense of humor. We get so caught up in taking things seriously that we forget to just have a laugh once in a while. And red banded agate can really help you do that. And kind of along the same line, it really helps you go with the flow. Even when things feel difficult. Now, one of the really cool things about this stone is when you look at the patterns on the surface of the stone, a lot of them take on kind of a yoni shape. So these crystals are also helpful for enhancing your divine feminine power. And ladies, this isn't just for you. We all have innate masculine and feminine within us. So this is about connecting to divine feminine energy within yourself. This is also a great protection crystal because not only do some of these banded patterns in this agate represent a yoni shape, but they can also take on an eye shape. So they kind of call upon that idea of the evil eye or all seeing eye or protective eye. Now, because this really connects to the physical realm, it also encourages stability. This means financial stability, emotional stability, um, or even stability of your physical body, like your actual balance. And because of that ability to call in more divine feminine, this crystal also helps harmonize your yin and yang energies. Now, um, because it is also connected to the physical realm and we talked about how it promotes your physical health, it also enhances physical strength. So if you've been looking at strengthening your body, and I don't mean, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger style bodybuilding, but I mean, just finding a little bit more strength in your core and in your person, this crystal can be a great companion. And finally, this crystal is great for assisting you while you work with that abundant universal energy that surrounds you in magic and ritual. So you can see some pictures of this crystal over on the blog at loveandlightschool.com blog, you'll look for the post titled Healing Properties of Red Banded Agate, A Crystal for Creative Flow. You can see some great images of what this looks like, but it kind of has these swirly translucent bands of red, orange, gray, and white, and it's very, very pretty. It connects to the first chakra or root chakra and the second chakra or sacral chakra, And it relates to the Zodiac signs of Sagittarius and Aries, both fire signs. And it also connects to the elements of fire, of course, but also of water. Its companion flower is the red dahlia and its companion essential oil is hibiscus. A great companion crystal to work with red banded agate is blue hemimorphite. And this stone is most commonly found in Brazil and Madagascar. Now some agate stones are named for their specific locality or appearance. This name applies to any banded agate stone featuring a beautiful red color that's not known by a more specific locality name. So for example, you might have a Lake Superior agate or a Laguna or a Laguna agate that would technically be a red banded agate. Um, but they usually display other colors and more specific properties. So this name, red banded agate, just kind of applies to any agate that has that beautiful red color that's not known by another name. Now I do have some more information about agate from the staff at my store, Mimosa Books and Gifts, and they say agate comes in a huge variety of colors and patterns, many named after plants and animals. These names not only describe the stones appearance, but they add meaning to the stones uses as well. Ancient Greeks called tawny-colored ones lion-skin agates. These stones had great strength and could counteract a wide range of poisons, the Greeks thought, especially scorpion stings. In the Hebrew tradition, one could gain courage by plucking a hair from a lion's mane. But if that seemed a little too ambitious to start out with, you could substitute a lion-skin agate instead. On the other hand, ancient writers cautioned against keeping agates with the spotty pattern of hyena fur, claiming those would cause domestic troubles. The green of a tree agate, however, would attract positive attention from the agricultural goddess Ceres, and farmers not only wore this stone as an amulet, but they'd also tie a piece to the horn of their ox while plowing. Across many cultures and times, we've come to see and make use of many connections between plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms, as well as connections with the eternal realms. So I love, love that being shared from my staff at Mimosa, a little bit of fun tidbits and information about agates. And now it's time for our trending this week segment. Each week, I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share with you. So this week, I want to do something a little bit different and, um, kind of tell you a little bit about what's going on in my world and why this is kind of part of the trending this week segment. So uh, over the past few weeks, we've actually slowly been moving into our new store space for my shop, Mimosa Books and Gifts. Uh, We're located in Madison, Wisconsin, but you can also find us online at Mimosaspirit.com. So in addition to the school, I also have this great little metaphysical shop and we actually just moved across this tree into a much bigger space. And we've been setting up the store and making things look really beautiful. We have statues and crystals and incense and candles and all that great stuff. But something new that we're doing that I've personally been really into is working with herbs. So we actually just got this antique apothecary cabinet. It's from 1909. It's so cool. It has all the little drawers that pull out. And we are packaging our own healing and magical herbs for ritual and ceremony use. And it's been so exciting doing all the research about these different herbs, talking about their magical qualities and which different astrology signs and planets and deities they all connect with and how they can be used in ritual. And so this is something that I I think I've seen more and more people doing, kind of starting to incorporate other things into their spiritual practice. So for many of you listening, of course, you're probably already working with crystals, but I would love for you to kind of think about incorporating some other things, just like the question that we had at the beginning of the podcast about working with seashells and your crystal grids. So I really want you to kind of challenge yourself about how you can bring these different components Into your spiritual practice, because I think that the more we can learn and expand our knowledge and appreciation for the world around us, the deeper and richer our spiritual experience becomes. So for me, that's been this really deep connection with my herbs and connecting with crystals and the moon phases. And this is work that's been going on for a while now. Um, When I, it really kind of started when I wrote my book cosmic crystals but just recently it's been so fun to kind of really put this into practice at the shop as well in creating these little jars of magic for our customers, um, by packaging up our herbs and, like I said, pulling together all this fun research. So take a look at how you can kind of do this in your own life, in your own spiritual practice. Maybe you want to bring in some herbs, maybe you want to bring in some beautiful goddesses, some new crystals, essential oils, candles, anything that you can to make your space feel more sacred, to make you feel more connected to spirit. Well, I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com/blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, of course, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com/listen. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe through that link as well. So you never miss a future episode of the podcast. And I wanted to give a really nice shout out to Carol in Michigan, who left a really wonderful five-star review. Carol says crystal clear information, a great podcast. I love listening to Ashley No fluff and a lot of good stuff. I've learned a lot about crystals, crystal healing, and energy work. I've been about to take what I've learned on the podcast and put into practice right away. I can't wait for the next podcast. So Carol from Michigan, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that rating and review. It really means a lot to me. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the love and light live podcast I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.